Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 358, How to Avoid Dating Dangerous Emotional Predators. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy Wiener, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships after 40. And today, I'm going to be speaking with psychotherapist and mediator Stephen Wallhandler about how to avoid dating dangerous emotional predators. As a dating and relationship coach at Last First Date, my greatest passion is helping women over 40 show up more fully in their lives stand up for what matters most, and speak up more powerfully. And I call that being a woman of value. Here is this week's tip on how to be a woman of value. Learn how to delegate. This was one of the hardest things for me. I never would ask for help. And I, you know, raise your hand if if you have trouble asking people for help, whether it's in business or in your love life or in any other part of your life just learning how to delegate the things that you don't want to do or you can't do changes your life for the better so much. I mean, it's it's amazing. Just today, my son was home. He's he's starting his shift uh, late tonight. He's going to be doing a, a late night shift. And so I asked him to cook up something for me, and I had the most delicious lunch of eggplant parmesan that he cooked for me. So That was a great way of delegating because I was busy at work and he was not. So do something today to delegate out something that you don't enjoy and give it to somebody who would be happy to help you. Before I bring on my guest, Stephen Wallhandler, I just wanted to let you know that I have a free Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And it is a beautiful group of women over 40 who are either dating, they're already in relationships, but they are looking to grow and be the best they can be. This is not a place to vent and whine and complain and talk about how awful dating is and how men suck. We don't allow that in my group. This is a place to talk about the things that frustrate you, that's fine. As long as you're looking for a solution and you want to grow, you are more than welcome to join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Stephen Wallhandler. He has a lot of initials after his name. He is a, was a lawyer, has a master's in in uh, an MA, an LPC, I'm not sure what that is. Um, He's a psychotherapist, he's a mediator, he's a consultant, and he used to be an attorney, and he knows how abusive and manipulative people prey on the emotions of good people and how those people can protect themselves. He has decades of experience dealing with and learning from toxic manipulators and helping their victims and with penetrating insight, effective strategies, and humor. He offers a radically different view of these emotional predators, and he provides practical, effective solutions. And he has a new book, and we're going to be talking all about emotional predators, what to look for, how to avoid them, how to stay safe when you're dating. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Uh, Thank you, Sandy. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the uh, opportunity. Well, I'm excited about this topic. So before we get deeper into the topic, I just would love to have you share with us 
what inspired you to immerse yourself so deeply into the topic of toxic manipulators? Well, I I'm not say I wouldn't say I was inspired to immerse myself. I uh, it's not a to- it's not a pleasant topic, but um, I've worked for several decades uh, as a, a therapist and uh, a mediator and arbitrator and a custody evaluator in the family court system, and this is this is uh, been an experience of a lot of dealing with a lot of very very uh, difficult, toxic people that I've come to understand, and I call them emotional predators. And the and the um, some of the fallout from good, decent works with a lot of decent people who've who've worked who've had relationships with these predators and and helped a lot of people learn how to deal with them and how to spot them. And and I've had over the years, I had uh, a lot of clients say, you know, you need to write all this stuff down and put it all in one place. So that a wider wider audience can can learn about who these the dangers of these predators, who these people are, what they're like, and how to protect yourself and how to steer clear of them. Uh-huh. So it really out of out of that work mostly in the family court system. Uh huh. So um, that I'm sure you've seen quite a bit in the family in the family court system. There can be some really yeah. ugly stuff that goes down there. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to say at the start that the topic of emotional predators and how to protect yourself from emotional predators can sound very negative, and, and people who've either had known people that have, have been you know, mistreated in the past or they themselves have been mistreated, to talk about this topic and focus on it is not to say that, that everyone is like this or if you're, all men are like this or anybody you're going to date, watch out, they're all bad. It's a very small percentage of the population. Most most men you're going to uh, somebody's going to try to date. Most men are reasonable, decent, good people. And, and same for most women. If you're a man looking to, to date to date to date women, it doesn't matter who you're looking to date. Most people are decent people. But this uh-huh. very small fraction of the population, these emotional predators, uh, they can be very dangerous. And it only takes one to really mess things up. So. It's it's helpful to be able to to spot them and and know how to deal with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I told you before we started that just last night I was I was giving my one hour master class on red flags and really focusing on the emotional predators. And it it sounds like really scary when you hear the whole the whole list of people who are pretty dangerous. But it's it's i think even if people have found even part of these these personality types they can be huge red flags and people to stay away from so let's let's get into it what is an emotional predator well in short an emotional predator is someone who exploits other people by tuning into and preying upon the emotions of their targets, that's where they are emotional predators. They prey on other people's emotions and emotional vulnerabilities. Now, they oh, there are a lot of labels. You can call them personality disorders, narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, borderline personalities, uh, narcissistic sociopaths, sociopathic narcissists, malignant personalities, toxic personalities. Uh, it goes on. There are a lot of ways, but I think emotional predator uh, covers 
all of that and, and really mm-hmm. sums up what these people are like and, and how they operate. And one of the key things about them that makes them so dangerous is that emotional predators operate by stealth. They're hidden. And they know how to hide from from other people and conceal what they're really like. And that's that's a core thing. And a, decent people tend to make a fundamental mistake if they assume that because, well, they are decent and good, they assume that everyone else is basically like that. Um, mm-hmm. Most people are basically like that. But, the, again, a small minority, a dangerous minority, are not. So it's not a safe assumption that, it, well, I'm a good person, so everyone else must be a good person. Um, so the, one of the core uh, attributes of an emotional predator, they're hidden. They're, they, 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 they hide what they're really about. They relentlessly seek to dominate, win, control, and they have no empathy or conscience and they, to restrain them. So for an emotional predator, life is a strategy game to dominate and control, and another person is either another player to be defeated or a game piece to be used. Um, huh. So... Again, on the thing that they're not like the rest, the rest of us, and it's fun. They don't think the way we do. They don't hold the same values. They don't believe the same things. They don't have the same attitudes, and they don't behave in the same ways. And again, and then I'm repeating this, but a, a core attribute is that they lack empathy. And uh-huh. by empathy, that that's a word that gets used a lot. But what I mean by empathy is, empathy is an immediate, congruent emotional reaction to another person's emotional state and uh, that it's not it, that's not the same thing as sensitivity to another person's emotion an emotional predator can be highly sensitive to your emotions but, but they're not going to have a congruent emotional experience meaning if you're really sad they're not going to suddenly feel really sad if you're really uh-huh. sad they may feel uh, excited because it gives them an opportunity to manipulate you. So the, 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 it's, it's, it's not, having empathy is not the same as having uh, sensitivity to other people's feelings. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's like so, putting yourself so, in their shoes. You know, yes. that's, that's how I see it. And, and empathy is automatically, it automatically puts you emotionally in the other person's shoes. If, the example I've given people is that if I'm in a great mood and I walk into a room where uh, three people are, have, are standing and they just received news that somebody's uh, you know, uh, family was, was, was uh, killed in a car wreck and they're all devastated, and I walk into that room in a good mood, my emotional state will automatically shift to be in sync with what's happening in the room. I'll feel it, and, I'll, and then I'll start feeling the upset. An emotional mm-hmm. predator, hard as this is to believe, could walk into a room like that and act, they're good at faking the appropriate responses. They know how to put on a facade, but their inner response to that situation could be, hmm, how can I use this to my advantage? These people right. seem particularly vulnerable right now. What can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so that, that's a, a quick summary of, uh, of emotional predators. They lack empathy. They hide. They hide their true, their, what they're really about, their true nature, and they're relentlessly driven to feel the experience of dominating or controlling or having power over other people. They have to win. Uh-huh. So that's 
that's yeah. a quick summary. Of what I think they are. Yeah, those are those are all not good things. Um, so, my, I have a quick question, just um, sure. on the psychology of a predator. What what leads to a person becoming an emotional predator? Oh, that's that is the in the old days we'd call it the sixty thousand dollar question. I don't know inflation. <laughs> I don't know what that question is now worth, but that is a golden question to which. Uh, in, in my book, and uh, in general, I, I basically I punt on that question because I believe it can be a mixture of nature and nurture. To some extent, I think people are born with with uh, some some people like a psychopath is a good example, which is a type of emotional predator. Psychopath seems to be born without the capacity for empathy and. There are a number of books. There was a, a seminal book on the subject by a guy named uh, Robert Hare, H-A-R-E. He wrote a book called Without Conscience, The Frightening World of the Psychopath Among Us. And uh, he talked about the lack of conscience and then the lack of empathy. And um, a Harvard professor named Martha Stout, S-T-O-U-T, she wrote a book called The Sociopath Next Door. Um, and she also talked, and she touched on this topic, um, and she she speculated that it was, a, and I agree with her, maybe a combination of of uh, nature and nurture. So if you're born with impaired capacity for empathy, as I like to say, as you were coming down the assembly line, the circuit for empathy just never got soldered to the mother motherboard, and uh-huh. and so it's just not happening. Um, and and then you grow up with very nurturing, very caring. Uh, good parents and a good nurturing environment, you 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 you, you might become um, you know a, a a good political leader or something or a, you know, a lot of I talk I talk often about the professions that emotional predators are drawn to. You could become you know a, a, a positive member of society, but if you are born that way and you and you're brought up in a series of crack houses or something, I mean, and in a horrible environment. You know, you might be more inclined, more inclined to become a, a sort of an out-and-out psychopath. Mm-hmm. But, um, but for me, that question is an academic one that is of less interest to me because I'm more interested in the practical uh, effects of these people on the lives of the people they target, and mm-hmm. what what a, what a, what a good person can do as a practical matter. And so yeah. that's a question that I just uh, you can see me wandering around. I, I really don't have an answer to. And mm. uh, I mean, I'll leave that to greater minds to, to sort <laughs> out. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it is a bunch of different things, and nature and nurture is how I always saw it, also. Um, but let's let's do get into how we can spot those emotional predators and protect ourselves yeah. from them. <laughs> Very quickly on that last topic, one of the things that misleads and, and, and is a mistake, I believe, for uh, for good people is the, the natural instinct is, well, why are they like that? And what if I could understand why he's like that, then maybe I could help fix him. I think that's mm-hmm. a lost, that's, that's a fool's errand and very dangerous. Yeah. You know, more important is, you know, this is how this person is and this is how they're dangerous. But so your question is, how do we spot them? Um Uh, let's see, and and protect ourselves. Well, the the first thing you have to do, of course, to protect yourself, you have to identify them behind the 
disarming facades that they use. They're charming, they're innocent, they're seductive, they're helpful. They have facades of normalcy. And how do you spot them? Well, let's see. Uh, (laughs) Well, for dating, one of the things that can happen is it's not that easy to spot these people right away sometimes. Sometimes it's obvious right out of the gate, but sometimes you have to have a number of experiences and you have to uh, sort of check your facts, if you will, and get some get some background information um, because it may not be apparent right away. But they will play, when they're dating, they're, they tend to play a bait-and-switch game so that they'll bait you with everything you want to hear. And then once you've been seduced, um, by hearing all the things you want to hear, um, then they will switch to becoming controlling, accusing, manipulating. Uh, so a, a classic is you know you start dating someone and it, at first they appear to be all about you, right? But once you're committed in some way to the relationship, then suddenly it switches to their real game, which is making everything all about them, and you have to be tuned into that. But uh, let's see. Let me, let me talk about some common traits. Again, you might not see these traits until they started to do their the switch, but they will relentlessly manage their public image. They can be very seductive. If, and I say to people, if you're dating someone and they seem too good to be true, they might be. It's that, that, uh-huh. it's, that's worth looking a little more carefully at. You know, a Good, good, decent people, you know, are a mixture of positive and negative features, and and that shouldn't be a problem. Look, another things they'll do. I'll just tick these off quickly. They can. You might notice they avoid giving direct answers to direct questions. They might offer excuses, justifications, instead of just changing a, a negative behavior. Uh, they need to control. They need to have it their way. So. You find with someone like this, you start to notice you're kind of on a one-way street relationship where everything has to be their way or or, or nothing. Uh, another way people talk about it, it's my way or the highway. Or uh-huh. You're with me or against me. And if you start to get, you may not see these things right away again. Um, another another trait, they, they tend to provoke others into emotional reactions. If you find it's the person that's, you know, upsetting or, or upsetting you in some ways frequently or or putting you off balance emotionally. Another thing they tend to do is they claim to be the victim, often of the people that they're actually victimizing. Uh, they're very good at faking sincerity and making emotional displays to charm you or maybe to intimidate you and certainly to seduce you. Uh, another thing they will do is they will pretend to be ignorant or pretend to be innocent. You know, they'll do something really, really off, and you, you, you sort of you call them on it. And you say, well, you know, what was that about? And they'll, they'll you know, I, what are you talking about? I, I didn't do that, or I didn't know. And, you know, a good person will, of course, want to give someone the benefit of the doubt. It's, oh, okay, well, it's, used to, it's useful to be tuned into this kind of thing. They uh-huh. also will do something, they'll, they'll do something called, they'll trap other people in what I call a no-win bind. It's a situation where you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. And 
that is something that can be a little tricky to to uh, to notice sometimes. But let's see. If I said yes, then you know he's going to complain about this. But if I said no, then he complained about the other thing. Well, that's another trait of emotional predators. A few mm. more quickly. They 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 will tend to, and this may not happen right away, but they tend to isolate and uh, gaslight. That's a that's a term. Some people, many mm-hmm. people familiar with that. Look up gaslighting on Wikipedia. It's got a very yeah. good definition of they'll gaslight you, and they, you start to notice, and this may happen over time, not on a first or second date. You start getting cut off from your friends and family. You want to, they don't want to see your friends and family. If you, if you go to see them without, without him, then he'll punish you in some way, either by picking a fight before you go out to see your friends and family, or when you come back, picking a fight or being cold and, and distant. Um, another thing they'll do is they'll create havoc or confusion or chaos out of what, if you step back from it, you go, it's a simple thing. Do you want to, do you, do you want to have Chinese food or, or Indian food? Why has this become a big problem? Well, they'll tend to create big problems out of nothing. The other thing they can do, which is very subtle and most people don't notice, is they can disrupt your natural rhythms. So, you know, calling you when you're at work and you ask not to be called at work, just uh, interrupting your sleep. Is a classic. I had an example of somebody who was married to someone actually. He actually married married him, and, and he um, he would wake her up in the middle of the night because he had to talk about something that was very important. But she had to get mm-hmm. her sleep to work. So that's mm-hmm. another one. Uh, another uh, two two more quick traits. They tend to be hypocrites, and again, you might not notice this right away. They will ignore the rules of society or the law. They'll ignore the rules when it serves them but they'll expect other people to follow the rules when that's what serves them. Uh, they're going to say or do anything to get what they want, if they think they can get away with it, of course. And, and then later they'll just reverse themselves, and again, they'll pretend to be ignorant or, or innocent about it. They'll deny that they've even done anything. So they're, they're confident hypocrites. And the last thing is um, they can also tend to, they tend to know it all. They, know it. they can be very intolerant of different views and beliefs. And you might not notice that right away, but then you start to see a sort of a rigidity come into the into your experience of them. Um, mm-hmm. So those are some common traits. Very quickly, some common attitudes. They can be arrogant and entitled or self-righteous or condescending. And those things can, at first, they can appear as self-confidence. But after a while, you start to go, hey, this has a negative a negative feel to it. They can be impatient, intolerant, irritable, and that happens particularly when they don't get their way. And they can they can kind of, after a while, you see this person's acting like a spoiled toddler. They're sort of complaining or, or having a tantrum when they haven't gotten things the way they wanted. And then there's two other attitudes that you can find. They can be angry and dismissive and imperious. Or, on the other hand, they can play for sympathy by, by making a big display of being meek or humble or pretending to be bewildered or, or pretending to play the martyr. And either of those extremes is, is, uh, is a red flag for me. And so, oh. and, uh, well, there's some other, other things. I don't know if we have time to get into sort of pro, uh, professions that they tend to be drawn to. Mia, let's that, skip that, that for now because we, we're getting short yeah. on time. But let's let's talk yeah, about because sure. um, this was really thorough about how to recognize them. Um, let's talk about protection. What are what are I think you have five steps for protection. 
Oh, yes. Well, the five steps for protection very quickly are, one, you have to spot them. That's what we've just been talking about. You have to see these people. Two, you have to know yourself better than they know you. And particularly, you have to know your emotionally vulnerable places, the things that are your core beliefs, your core values. You have to know them because those are the things they're going to know about you that they're going to use to manipulate you. The, the, the third step is you have to be willing to adjust your core beliefs and your core values. Um, and so step two and three kind of run together. And then step four and five are, uh, well, they're less, they're less uh, necessary for initial dating, but step four is if you recognize you're involved with one of these people or, you, or one of them is coming into your life, disengage, as I say in the book, run away, <laughs> run away, get away from these people. That's step four. But if step five, which hopefully wouldn't apply to most people who are, you know, who are thinking about this in terms of dating is if you find one of these people in your life and you cannot or choose not to disengage, maybe you have children with this person or it's a boss at a job that you can't lose, well, then you need to be strategic and not emotionally reactive. Because one of the things you do, these people do is they'll provoke, your, provoke you into emotional reactions that, uh, that don't help you. But oh. for, as far as eating, it's the second and third steps, knowing yourself and, and uh, where you're emotionally vulnerable and, and making some slight adjustments in those things. I mean, one so of the, what do you one mean by, that, just, just to clarify, what do you mean by adjusting your core values? Because to me, core values uh, are core to who we are. So what does that mean? Well, that's, yeah, that's a great question. Well, let me see if I can give you an example. If my core value is that um, I should be a good person, and to be a good person, I should be open and honest with everyone. That's my core value. To be a good person is to be an open and honest. Well, I say I don't have a value judgment about that as a as a core value. I mean, you, every, people are completely entitled to, to have that value. But if you choose to be open and honest with emotional predators, you're going to have a very hard time with things because they're going to take your honesty and they're going to take the information you share with them and use it to manipulate you. And I've seen this happen over and over again. So I would say an adjustment to that would be to be a good person is to be open and honest with trustworthy, good people. Mm -hmm. But But with vicious manipulators, to be a good person is to be a little more strategically wise and to keep keep your own counsel and not yeah. and not expose yourself. So that would be an adjustment. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. And so yeah, what I've told clients who have fallen for people like this is to first of all stop doing so much at the beginning and and really observe before you commit and um and let somebody earn the depth of who you are, you know, it's not something that you just offer up right away. And so a lot of people overshare at the beginning and they have such big hearts and they're so used to giving that they don't know how to step back and not give until they see that the person is worthy of their giving. That is exactly accurate. I mean, that is exactly on on point. Um, I mean, I I tell people that um, in dating, you know, you think you're, 
I said to people, look, be careful, be, be aware of uh, what's what's the expression? The expression is hold your hold your. Uh, there's a word for this. Keep your pearls. Keep your what's important to you. There's no there's a problem. There's not. It shouldn't be a problem with uh, respecting yourself, resisting your desire. You have to know what's closest to your heart and resist your desire to share it too quickly. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, your fears and your hopes, your romantic desires and fantasies, financial dreams, um, yeah. things that gratify people. I say to people, a mature person will respect your privacy and is not going to intrude or invade, you know, and seek to get every all these personal things about you. And what you said is, is spot on. It's, it's, it, it, I tell people it's... Observe, observe, observe yourself and your reactions, your responses, and the other person. And uh, that's a very, very important thing. Yeah. And I think a mature person definitely respects your privacy. They also respect your pacing. And I know that a lot of emotional predators will escalate the relationship really quickly. And so that is also a big red flag. Um, well, let's, let's talk about some general tips for staying safe and protecting yourself as we come to the end of the show. Well, a, a couple of general tips. Again, we touched on this. You have to come to learn, learn about yourself, however you do that, you know, with a good therapist or there are many, many ways, good books, there are many ways people learn about themselves. Know what your blind spots are. Um, I think it's important to distinguish between romance, which is, so attractive to most of us and what I would call mature loving, which again has to do with respect and not imposing you know, someone else's pace on you. Um, hang on just a sec. I'm, oh, oh. You need to be realistic about human nature. I, again, we touched on this I think it's important to drop a naive belief that because you are decent and good, everyone else is. And on the other side, just to just to know that that other that there are dangerous people out there, predators, does not mean that everyone is like that. So uh, there's room for to recognize both both types of people. Um, mm-hmm. I would say knowing yourself and and loving yourself. I I would say one of the tips that I think has been most important. To, to a lot of people I've worked with is turn the golden rule inward. And the golden rule, you know, it's stated different ways, but, you know, treat other people the way you would like to be treated. But before you get to that, I think it's most important to treat yourself and every aspect of yourself the way you would like to be treated. Respect yourself. Take care uh-huh. of yourself. Honor yourself. And if, the more you do these things, the more you treat yourself that way, the less vulnerable you are, the less emotionally uh, weak and vulnerable and, and susceptible to being manipulated. Um, and right along with what you were just saying, I think another great tip is to be curious, just be infinitely curious, observing about yourself and the other person um, and get outside opinions, trusted friends. And a trusted friend, I think, is somebody who would take the risk of telling you something you don't want to hear. Because when we're we're kind of starting to be a little infatuated with someone. You know, sometimes our friends don't want to say, uh, maybe you should uh, step back and take another look at this guy. 
And so it's hard to seek out friends and give them permission. Give them permission to tell you, hey, I want the honest truth from you, my friend. Tell me what you really think. You've seen me and him together. You've listened to me or you've read the emails or whatever it is. What do you really see here? What do you think? Because it's not not really valuable to ask your friend what do they think and they give you a rubber stamp because they don't want to risk their friendship with you. Yeah, Um, often people don't want to hear it or they're not ready to hear it. And it's interesting that I have a close friend who I lost contact with after I got engaged to my husband. And years later, I would say 30 years later after my divorce, I said to her one day, why why did you stop talking to me? And I thought it was because she really wanted to get married and she was jealous and I was getting married before her. No. (laughs) She said, you became a different person in his presence. He was controlling you, and we were really scared for you. But nobody said anything to me. Nobody. And so I really appreciated her honesty. And I, you know, now I I would have a relationship where somebody would tell me the truth, and I, I would be able to spot somebody who wasn't healthy for me. But that's why I have such a passion of, you know, around sharing this material with people because I think we we don't have to get duped. You know, we can go in eyes wide open and make better choices and have healthier, more lasting relationships. And it's it's never too late. You know, it doesn't matter what your past is. You can learn these things at any stage in life. I truly believe that. Um, that is so, definitely true. Do, yeah. do you have time to throw... Three quick tips. Three other things is ask yourself: right, real quick, are, you making, real quick. Are, you making, are you making excuses? Are you taking blame and responsibility? People say, well, if I'm only a little bit nicer, if I go do, he'll treat me better if I only give a little bit more. But the second thing is, I would say, people, a tip: do not be afraid to pull the plug at any point. You're never too involved to cut your losses and get away. And again, a mature, respectful person. If you say, I need to step back and take a little time off from us. I just need to slow down. A mature, respectful person will have no problem with that. They might uh-huh. say, gosh, I, I'm having such a great time seeing you. I'd love to see you more, but I respect and will give you the space you need. So I would say to people, never be afraid to step back. Never be afraid to slow down. Um, and, and, and when you ask for that, the response you get can tell you a lot. And uh, yep. the last thing is, um, is if you do disengage or if you do have doubts, and you think you see emotional predator qualities in this person you're dating, I would say resist the huge temptation to want to tell them what you see. Uh-huh. If we are emotional predators, it makes it worse when you show, well, wait a minute, you're, a, you're an emotional predator in these ways, or you're doing these things that, that you know are the traits of an emotional predator. I say to people, know it, don't show it, if you're dealing with an emotional predator. And uh, anyway, those those are some some tips I think that people yeah. found uh, helpful. Those are great great tips, and I remember even with a romance scammer that I fell for early on in my dating online, and I did some research on it, and they said do not share that with them. Don't tell them that you know because they'll just strengthen their case for the next person. I did you yeah. know report them to the site. I blocked them. And I found, yeah. oh, my God, this this one person had so many complaints against him on a, on a site for romance scammers. So, yeah, it's oh, just yeah. you have to get smarter. Um, and, yeah. you know, you don't you don't you can't you can't uh, talk 
logic with a person who is not logical. Um, yes, I think I, that's an yes, important reminder. Yes, yes um, I deal with a crazy yeah. this crate. Yes, no, that, crazy that, making. That's so true what you just said. You, you you tell them what you see, and you're just in, you're just telling them how to cover up better, how to hide better. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we don't <laughs> we don't help anybody by by calling somebody out on who's who's this kind of pathology. Um, no. Yeah. So Stephen, this is this has been wonderful. Tell us tell our audience how they can reach you and and get a copy of your book. Well, the book is called Protecting Yourself from Emotional Predators. If you go to Amazon and type in Protecting Yourself from Emotional Predators, it should come right up. And um, uh, you can also get it get links and, and more information about this kind of stuff from the website I set up for this, which is EmotionalPredators.com. And they can reach me through that if people have specific questions about you know, so, somebody they're dealing with and they're not quite sure what's going on or um, yeah, so emotionalpredators.com is a good way to reach me, and um, protecting yourself from emotional predators is the name of the book, and you can get it on Amazon. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for keeping people safe and uh, sharing this really important information. I, I wish I had it decades ago, and now that we have <laughs> it, it's important to share it, right? <laughs> That, and that is the number one comment I get from people who read the book. They go, oh, my God, I wish I'd read this before I met my ex. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how, that's that's how we grow, though. That's, it's really, you know, just become stronger and, and pay it forward and not, not live a say, life of regrets. That's what I say to people. I say, well, thank goodness you're reading it now so you won't have an, another ex like that one. You exactly. won't that wrong yeah. Exactly. Well, um, yeah. So thanks for keeping us safe out there, Stephen. You're welcome. Thank you. My pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. And I hope you go on your last first date very soon. And don't forget, if you love our show, please rate and review us. Spread the word. Tell more people to tune in to Last First Date Radio. Have a great day. 